0: Spoilers ahead. Spoilers ahead.
1: Welcome, welcome, super spies and secret agent provocateurs. Your latest mission, should you choose to accept it, is from Max Mike Movies. To continue the fought to follow the exploits of one James 007 Bond. That's That's his weird middle name. That's his legal middle name. You made that up. Nope, nope, it's true. I read it in Discover Magazine. Don't dispute me. (laughs) Totally made it up. Nope, nope, nope. It's absolutely true. In our series, get him, Jimmy. Your acceptance, should you choose to mission it, is to listen to us natter about the best and worst of the Bond franchise, and we've got a great example of one of those two things today with 2012's Skyfall, another example of Daniel Craig's turn as Bond. I am your chairman of the Department of Redundancy Department, Max Levine, and our representative from the PDQ branch today is Mike, double O, I don't think so, loose.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty much my answer to everything. Um, And, oh, by the way, if I could interject, uh, Natter, Natter.
1: (laughs) Natter, 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 Natter. Yeah. But first, a little business. Ooh, business. Yay, business. Because we are businessmen with a business. I like saying Stop. business! Stop. Okay. Now. Okay. Please. <laughs> halt. As you probably know, you can find all of our previous uh, magnum opi, opuses? Op- Natterings. Op- Operarums? Nonsense. At our website, maxmikemovies.com You can also listen to us on your favorite podcast app, provided your favorite podcast app is the Google Podcast app or the Apple Podcast app. And... Now, with Retson, you can find us on Spotify. By with search- Retson? hmm A glistening drop of Retson. Retson. We're also on the social medias, all the Twitters and the, yeah. the Pinterests and the Etsys. And Okay, we're on Facebook and Twitter at MaxMikeMovies. Happy? <laughs> hey, I got a quick question before we get
0: in even to the trivia, although yeah. this could be part of the trivia. Do you, um, have you, uh, do we have any idea what Retson is? <laughs>
1: Well, pfft, I can't believe you didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, pfft, come on. I'm embarrassed for you. Um, would you explain? No, I would not. <laughs> I don't know. What the hell is that? What's that crap? All I know Rented. is certs tasted awful. <laughs> because Do they... the fruity ones weren't bad. I guess. Do they still make certs? I don't, I don't know. I don't think so.
0: But hey, yeah. we're talking about a movie. We are yeah, we're ta- talking, about, talking about Skyfall. The show.
1: We are. This is this uh, movie, which was the 50th anniversary of the Bond franchise. Ooh, 50th anniversary. Mm, this one was directed by uh, Sam Mendes, who also directed Spectre. Ah, have, yeah. still have not seen it. The only Bond Yeah, we talked about it. Yeah. And also American Beauty, which explains oh. all of the plastic bags we see in, in Skyfall. Remember all uh, the plastic bags, Mike? No. Yes, you do. <laughs> Did uh, you watch this movie? <laughs> I usually don't like to doubt you, but um, I doubt you. I yes, I especially liked the fight that Bond had with the plastic bag, and then Money Penny was covered in rose petals, and it was the most beautiful thing I ever saw. Yep. <laughs> uh, this movie, the budget was two hundred million dollars. Yikes! Yeah, and you can see it up there on the screen. There's a lot of very cool locations, a lot of splody things, and a train falling through a ceiling. Gosh, I hope it paid off. Yeah, worldwide gross one point one billion dollars. That's a <laughs> wow, billion okay. with a B. Yeah. Yikes. Uh, yeah. Mm. Uh, let's see. There's a, as with all Bond movies, it seems there is a boatload of trivia. So I've just picked out a few dozen. Mm. Uh, that whole that thing with uh, Craig sliding down the escalator rail—that's yeah. him. He did that. Uh, okay. Yeah. No It's a good man. thing.
0: It's a good thing that they didn't do that as a realistic thing because it would have been a lot more painful. Because yes. people who make escalators figured that one out a long time ago, and there's often like little n- metal knobs, or there's actually a train station in Boston. It's at Porter Square where they have mm. they took lost gloves and things, they bronzed them and put them in that little area between the escalators. So, owie, yeah, owie, would,
1: owie. Yeah. So now. <laughs> This, this movie, I think, has the uh, distinction of being the only movie in history to be promoted by the Queen of England. Really? Yes. After receiving, they got a personal invitation from Her Majesty, Queen Elizabeth II. I don't know if you saw this. At the opening of the 2012 Olympic Games, which happened, you know, 2012, they were in in England, they were in London the same year this movie opened. Uh, Jane Daniel Craig and Queen Elizabeth II appear together getting into a helicopter in the opening uh, video segment. It was called The Arrival. Okay. Uh, yeah. It, they basically... Um, Craig meets... the Bond meets the Queen to escort her to safely to the stadium. They're seen going into a helicopter, which then flies along the Thames down to the, uh, plate, the, the uh, stadium, which was called The Cauldron. Uh, whereby, after that, Stump doubles then jump out of the helicopter <laughs> down to the awaiting ceremony. It was really
0: the queen. You can't uh, Oh me yeah, it wasn't. yeah. It was
1: the queen skydiving. But that was her in the opening segment, and that is the it, it, it is said to be the only time it's the queen's first and only acting role. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, that weird island, Hashima Island, the site where uh, the bad guy is. It's a real place. It's a little deserted, industrialized island uh, off uh, the southwest coast of Japan. It's about nine and a half miles from Nagasaki. It is three-tenths of a mile long and a tenth of a mile wide. Hmm. It's about one of 500 uninhabited islands in the Nagasaki prefecture. It's also called Ghost Island. Hmm. It's also called, uh, oh boy, I'm going to say this wrong, Gunkanjima. Which, of course, you know, you know the translation. Oh, it means ghost island. Uh, no, it means battleship island. Ah, yes. Your next guess. It actually was last significantly inhabited in 1974. Used to be a thriving coal mining community. Hmm. Now, but in this movie, Dame Judi Dench, A.K.A. M, has more screen time in this movie alone than Desmond Llewellyn had as Q in his 17 movies. Yikes. Her portrayal of M is the most... Huh? Chubby little Judy Dench. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, her portrayal of M is the most recurrent character in the franchise after Bond, just because of this movie. Good. Yeah. There were... Now, the opening chase sequence, which is amazing, Mm. James Bond is wearing a Tom Ford tailor-made suit. That suit led to be... I don't know a whole lot about Tom Ford, but I'm pretty sure one of those suits costs more than both of our cars put together. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, And there were 85 versions of that suit made for just for the opening chase scene. 30 were for Daniel Craig. 30 were for his stunt double. And 30 more, or sorry, the the, the others were for his just body double. Ah. Each version of the suit was made specifically for a particular scene of the opening. When he's riding the motorcycle, he's got a suit with slightly longer sleeves so it wouldn't raise up over his forearms. (laughs) It's the sit-down suit all over again. Yeah, pretty much. The costume designer, uh, Janie, I'm going to say this wrong too, Tamim, T-M-I-M-E, said, Each suit had three fittings like a traditional Savile Row suit. It was very high-class tailoring. The first suit was mohair, very light, woolen silk. The tuxedo is woolen silk. They were all made of beautiful fabric, and he'd be jumping and fighting, and they'd stand up, and the suit would be perfect. (laughs) Also, Craig's tie had to be weighted for the motorcycle chase section to keep it from flying around and hitting him in the face. (laughs) Kind of hard Mm -hmm. to look dignified. Uh, Daniel Craig was worried about delays... Uh sorry. He was worried about the delays in the production and he really wanted to get back into the role cuz he was 43 at the time. And let's face it, compared to Sir Roger Moore, that made him just a puppy. Yeah. And he already felt he's getting too old for this, for the extreme physical demands of playing Bond. Apparently, he starts preparation for a Bond movie 6 months prior to filming and works out 2 hours a day of principal photography after shooting is wrapped.
0: Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I saw yeah. that interview where he basically says, "Yeah, we do all those the shirtless scenes first, so I can yeah. start eating
1: again." I think yeah. I mentioned that in one of our yep. other episodes. So, yeah, he also he told Rolling Stone magazine he wanted this movie Skyfall to be the last one, his third and final one. He said, "I've been trying to get out of this from the very moment I got into it, but they won't let me go." <laughs> and he says, "Of course, was signed on for after those three, two more Spectre and the last one. He, I, I think that he's going to be in No Time to Die, which comes out next year." Yeah. Uh, apparently, on the Graham Norton show, Dame Judi Dench revealed that her, her cell phone has a ringtone of the James Bond theme, and it would kept ringing during when she would film on set, and kept she kept forgetting to turn it off. People would crack up, and it became this running gag. Uh, <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Oh, I'll get that. Yep. Uh, M's house in the movie is the former home of the legendary James Bond composer John Barry. Oh. Yeah. Uh, the movie uh, introduces one new actress and two new actors to play three recurring roles in the franchise. We got Naomi Harris as Eve, who we find out is Eve Moneypenny. Ooh. Ben Winshaw as que- as Q and Rafe Fiennes as M. Right. In each case, each of the three is the fourth person to play his or her respective character. Oh. Mm, yeah. Neat. Yeah. At the 2013 Academy Awards, this movie became the first James Bond movie to hit several records in the franchise history. The most interesting being it got the highest number of Academy Award nominations ever received by a Bond movie. Five for Best Song, Score, Sound Mixing, Sound Effects, Editing, and Cinematography. Did it win any? Nope. Ah. Uh, no, excuse me. It won Best Song. That's what for, I thought. For Adele's So, By the way, that, Adele's voice, because... Man, (sighs) sister can sing. Oh, man. And she's way too young. You know, when I first
0: heard her, I thought, oh, it's just some Motown record I'd never heard before. Then I found out, oh, no, it's this British woman. It's like, oh, that's interesting. Then I found out how old she was. It's like, well, that's
1: not fair. And then I find
0: out she writes her own songs. I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm not doing anything
1: creative for the rest of my life. Yeah. In the words of you know, Tom Lehrer, who said, It is a sobering thought to think that when Mozart was my age, he had been dead for 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is, I have a note for her.
0: I have a note for her. Just, I, you know, we're getting ahead, but I, her her song is killer. Her mm-hmm. voice is killer. I mean, I want to put her like right up there with uh, um, I don't Shirley know, Bassey. Shirley Bassey. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, like, hey, you want to do two more? I'd like it if you did two more. That'd be yeah. great. So anyway, i sure just gorgeous.
1: Yeah, interesting thing there. Uh, apparently, she was pregnant during when she was singing this, mm-hmm. and the hormonal changes shifted her voice so she could actually. Her voice is not normally that low. Oh. And she has she really loved the sound, but she's never been able to duplicate it. Oops. Yeah. Well, I'm sure she'll come up with something. <laughs> This is also the second longest Bond movie of all time. The longest being Casino Royale, at two hours twenty-four minutes. The mm. third longest running is two hours and twenty-two minutes, and that's on Her Majesty's Secret Service,
0: which uh. simply
1: feels like the longest <laughs> Bond movie. Ah, uh, George Lazenby. He no. never got a. No,
0: he got a fair shot. He's yeah, inspired.
1: he got a shot. He. This is only the second time in a movie where James Bond cries openly. The first was. On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Ah. Well, that's when his wife dies or something, right? So he's he's kind of, uh, should be forgiven. I'm sad now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We actually know M's name because of this movie. Yeah, Kincaid says it. No, no, he mispronounces it. it. Bond introduces her as M and he calls her Emma. Right. Her name is Olivia Mansfield. Oh, where do we hear that? <laughs> this is the thing. There is no way to see this in the movie, but a 2013 prop exhibition revealed her name. Remember, at the very end, Money Penny gives him a box with the porcelain bulldog figure in it. Right. There's an inscription on the box that has her name on it. Oh. Okay. Yeah. In the original script for Goldeneye, uh, it said that her name was Barbara Maudsley, but early early drafts of the script are not considered canon not correct in any way. No. M, the original M, the guy, his name, his name is given in the books as Miles Messervy. Ah. Yeah. Miles and Miles O'Keefe. Yep. (laughs) There's this, the whole thing with the priest hole in Bond's ancestral home, which is really nice, by the way. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. He had there's a priest hole, and you notice they say it's a priest hole. It's not just like an escape route. It's specifically a. The implication is that Bond's ancestors were what were called recusant Catholics. Uh, it was originally a hiding place for priests. Uh, during the cat the Reformation, it was Catholicism was illegal. And uh, there were still families who practiced it, and they would have priests come to their house. And. Uh, if the, pre- if the authority showed up the priests needed places to hide hmm. yeah. and bloody there, C of E <laughs> yeah, there was one very prominent real life recusant family from Dorset named Bond and their Latin family motto is non sufficit orbis which translates to not even the world is enough or more colloquially the world is not enough I see yeah another Bond movie Yes, we... Yes. Yes. And it was enough. Plenty. It was plenty It was plenty O'Toole, <laughs> yes. So, so a- like I say, there's tons of other stuff. I By all means, look it up, but I think that's enough for us. And quick, uh, the plot. The plot. In a rare turn of events, this movie starts with a Bond movie mission going terribly wrong.
0: Oh, like, it wasn't
1: that wrong. Like, bad guy gets away with list of agents and Bond gets accidentally shot by fellow agent and is reported dead. Wrong. Turns out this is only the beginning. MI6 itself ends up under attack by a mysterious force, as is M herself. Is it Spectre? Is it an evil mastermind bent on world domination? Nope. Not really. Could be. Could be. (laughs) Turns out it's much more personal, as the mysterious force turns out to be a man from M's past named Raul Silva, formerly Tiago Rodriguez. You oh, killed good, my I... father, prepare to die. <laughs> Bond must face this deadly foe as well as his own limitations, his own past, and the secrets that have been kept from him by his boss, the person he trusted most. And he finds himself faced with that most difficult question, is there a place in the world for James Bond anymore? I thought the most difficult question was, how are
0: we going to find rubber pants our size? <laughs> <laughs> oh, by, by all means, keep, go ahead.
1: No, no, that's it. That's the plot.
0: Oh, right. And now... Our discussion. Yes. The Lowdown. That was just me surreptitiously putting in a page I could edit.
1: I figured. So. so We get the opening, uh, Exotic Cleveland. (laughs) Whatever.
0: We get M at her most
1: M. Oh, this is so M. This this movie, this was her movie. She walked away with it.
0: And it's Judy Dench. And mm. Judy Dench is just wonderful anyway. But her M. All right. I, I have notes for various people throughout my, my whole list here. But really, all of the characters in this movie, even though there's some of them are not that big a character yeah. M, Q, all the rest of the letters Bond, <laughs> uh, 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 the Ray Fiennes, who eventually becomes M. Which really freaked me out that Lord Voldemort took over MI6. <laughs> Well, you know, with him in charge, that things will, will happen right and the trains will run on time.
1: Yeah, I guess um, I kept waiting for him to, like, you know, with, with, in the middle of a gunfight, yell, Avada Kedavra! <laughs> I'll sorry. get you butter next time! <laughs> sorry, Rafe, it's your
0: own fault. <laughs> it's Ralph. Um, everybody, every character in this film has got some depth to them. Yeah greater amounts to some mostly m i mean the character of m was was really it's bernard lee shows up for 10 minutes he does his m thing and then he leaves and it's mm-hmm. fine you know it works the way it did then but oh uh, man i mean she's great when she and ray fines are together in a scene they're great when mm. judy dench and daniel craig are in a scene together alone they're great so oh. we start off seeing m and she is the cold iron lady She's like, this needs to happen. You're going to do it my way. Yeah, someone's going to get hurt. Take the
1: shot. Yeah, Money Moneypenny's like, uh, 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 oh, 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 Rooney, <laughs> get a hold of yourself. <laughs> that, and yet, that, that's an amazing scene. And she, yep. Emma's saying, she's like, I can't shoot. I might hit Bond. Take the bloody
0: shot. And we, of course, as an audience, are like, well, it's James Bond. Of course he's going to be fine in
1: some... Mirac- oh, no, oh. he's been shot in the chest by one of his own people by by accident. This wasn't like an evil scheme. This wasn't a betrayal. This was a mistake.
0: I love that even the bad guy, whose name I can't remember because he gets offed fairly early on, even Patrice. the bad guy
1: is looking over like, huh? Yeah, Patrice. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> yeah, <Patrice>. wait, what? <laughs> yeah. and no, no, that was supposed to be me. I'll stand here and let you shoot. No, okay,
0: I'll, I'll leave. It's a great opening because we've seen this kind of thing before and it's not at all what we expect. And we get Money Penny, whom we don't know as Money Penny yet. And I liked her right from the start. I liked mm. the way she was competent. There was none of this, oh, a girl? None of that crap. She's driving like a pro. Um, and to be fair, I don't know that anybody would have made that shot because she's trying to yeah. track a moving train on which two guys are fighting. And unfortunately, Bond tends to be closer to her than the bad guy. Mm-hmm. So it I, I like her from... We don't even know she's Penny yet because they they wait nope, to tell we us don't that. we that until
1: the last scene. Yeah. But then Link is down. <laughs> yep. And, and we, he we, falls we, off the train and as I have it here, and he's fallen into the theme song. Yeah, which, as I said, is,
0: is Adele's mm-hmm. and is awesome. I yep. love Adele. Although, sure, got, yep, sorry. She has such a smoky voice. She's oh, so voice. I don't know. She Dadel everybody knows who Dell is. Del's and yet,
1: wonderful. All the video stuff in there is so Bond. It's like, okay, let's see, guns check, knives check,
0: women check.
1: A lot yeah. of death imagery. Yep, it's a Bond theme song.
0: Yeah. So it, it, in that case, it works too. So it's, I mean, it's admittedly, what was that? The one that, the bandana one that nobody liked? I
1: can't even remember what it was um, now. Uh,
0: yeah. something That one. Yeah. It's no, <laughs> it's another no day. But, that wasn't or what it was called,
1: something. But, I, uh
0: it was, who,
1: in, yeah, it was. Uh, invisible car blues. I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then, you know, after the, this little montage, which I watched a little, Uh, One of the extras on on the DVD... Well, it's not a DVD, but you know what I mean. Yeah. And uh, the guy who did the opening was trying to give the impression that this is what Bond is dreaming and or thinking or experiencing Mm -hmm. during his whole, hey, no one's pulled me out of the water yet um, bit. Um, But, you know, then he does obviously come out, and we go back to Britain where, you know, Emma's writing his obituary. And it turns out that she's being called on the carpet, as they say in Britain, because... um, uh, let's say MI6 is not doing all that well. And, of course, she just got Bond killed, which, you know, they're all upset because it's the end of
1: a movie franchise and it makes a lot of money and pays a lot of taxes. <laughs> yeah, and um, they've just gotten away with a MacGuffin that has... That's the thing, though. It's not really a MacGuffin. It does affect the plot. They've gotten oh, away yeah. with a list of all of MI6's uh, embedded agents in terrorist organizations. It's actually NATO's agents. Oh, NATO. excuse me. Yep.
0: So it's like, ah, um, uh, crap. And, you know, we get a scene where uh, Ray finds who will eventually become the new M. Uh, who is in some sort of oversight committee or, or you know, yeah, minister, like, the minister of taking down these short old ladies, mm-hmm. um, comes in and says, uh, so how do you answer for this? And she says, I don't answer for you. I got stuff to do. Get lost. And he's like, um, no. <laughs> and they have a great scene where, you know, they're very British. Nobody gets angry, but everybody lets it be known how they feel.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, they, I they're wondered... extremely British because they just get more and more polite to each other. That's how you know the English are mad at you.
0: Yeah, and actually, looking at that, especially with what's going on in politics, well, worldwide, but also in British politics, I can't help but wonder if there are Brits who are like, um, can we just vote for Judy Dench? Is that a thing yeah. that we can do? Cause Prime Minister like Judy to vote Dench, for, yeah. Yeah, oh. I kind of want to vote for her. <laughs> um, and then we get the first of the big contrasts of this film, and I'm going to go right out here and say this is a movie of contrast. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of contrasts all throughout the film, and they're all really interesting the first one is we see we go back to england so we see M and all this stuff and suddenly she gets a little notice going oh hey by the way i'm in your computer and she's like what no hey why is there a traffic jam and she stopped just in time to watch her office and mi6 blow up Mm -hmm. um and we go right from there you know present day england and a bob going off to james bond slumming it somewhere in i think south america they never say, and it's, it's not hard really to, that
1: important. It's hard to tell, but yeah, South America because we know they have scorpions. Because he's like, you know what? Everyone thinks I'm dead. Uh, the heck with it. I'm done. Yeah, he's I'm, living life like a beach bum, except yep. and there's almost no dialogue in no. that sequence. It's so well done. You, you know, he's in bed with a beautiful woman. He's you know sitting there drinking a beer, also taking pills. I yep. don't know exactly what kind, but you can tell. He's like, oh, yeah, good. I've left it all behind. I am unhappy. Yeah. This isn't what I'm supposed to be. And he's looking for thrills. And I I really hope this isn't a thing people actually do. But he's in a bar doing shots. And the way he does the shot is he has a, they put a live scorpion on the hand that's holding the glass. And he has to try to take the drink without the scorpion stinging him. Yeah, and you also yeah. get the
0: impression that he kind of doesn't care if it does. Yeah. and right, he, I mean, between this and Casino Royale, this Bond, Daniel Craig's Bond, has got more depth than all of the other Bonds put together.
1: I think so. Even look, Connery is still my favorite, but he the, the character is much more shallow and undeveloped than Craig's is. That is true. But that's also, but that's also not. Connery's fault. No, I think that Connery could have times. Yeah, that's th- not what the they script. wanted,
0: and that's fine. And we're, you know, when we do next week's episode, uh, uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about the overall views of Bond and who played and who did well and who did not. But they decided they needed a change, and we need to know more about the guy, and they do it, and both factually like they give us stuff about his background because we see it later in the film but also craig just gives him this depth Uh, i think craig is actually in a way underrated as an actor because he's done all these bond movies and i haven't really seen him in anything else but there's just expressions and just movements and you can tell this is not this is not
1: a person that's in one piece Mm, and no, maybe he's the, weakened, he's vulnerable, he's damaged. He's it's angry. A, it's very, yeah, it's very disconcerting to see Bond like this because Bond is always so collected and urbane yeah. and in control. And it's like one of the pillars of the world has been shaken.
0: Yeah. And, you know, if you took, to me, if you took Daniel Craig's Bond and put him next to Sean Connery's Bond and they were fighting... Craig, I think would get shot, but he would win. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, he'd be a mess by the end, but
0: yeah. So then he sees on a on a on a TV in the background that oh, somebody just bombed MI6, and yes. you can tell
1: he took takes it personally.
0: He's oh, like, yeah. "Yes, I've given this all up. I've given this all up. Someone attacked my home." And they actually and that is
1: Wolf Blitzer. They got him to do the, uh,
0: to do the <laughs> I went to an explosion guy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, honestly, I don't think it's that big a deal that they got wolf blitzer I don't really think it takes all that much but anyway yeah. it adds reality to the, yeah. to the thing right. Yeah, um,
1: back he goes and yep. I, I love the fact other people are like oh, you're still alive and M is like what took you so bloody long <laughs> well he, bra- he does as he usually does he breaks into her house and I love the fact that he, she just assumes who would bra- oh it's him Yep. she's not worried at all she's just annoyed it's like she's yeah. annoyed at the rudeness of it not at the fact that a dead man has walked in I'll go back to my apartment. We sold it. Ah, well, I'll get a hotel. Well, you're bloody well
0: not sleeping here. (laughs) She's so good. She really I is. I love her as M, which only makes, well, we're getting ahead of ourselves. But, yeah. Uh, so this is move. This is a point where, and this movie in general, is kind of when Bond is also not Bond. Because like stuff we just talked about, we get to see him struggle with things. And it's not yeah. just physical. It's obviously emotional and mental. And so he comes back and, you know, finds out that they've not only proclaimed him dead and sold all his stuff, but uh, you're on the inactive list and we need you to take a test. You have to pass your OWLS, your OWLs, to get <laughs> Back, uh, and, and be able to to be on active service. And so he goes through these tests and his his right hand, his gun hand, shakes visibly when he goes to shoot. And we initially can't tell, is it a physical limitation or is it a mental or is it a combination of both? Mm-hmm. It turns out he actually still has some shrapnel in there that he hasn't dug out yet, which yeah, then uh,
1: proceeds to I gotta out. I got to mention that in that, in that scene. There are only a couple... I mean, it's James Bond. I know you have to right. suspend disbelief, but there are a couple of things in this movie that really, I just go, no. I, I know one of no them will way. be
0: later on, and I know we're yeah. going to be
1: talking about it. So but yeah, yeah, that's the magic hacking. But this, yeah, yeah. <laughs> first of all...
0: <laughs> that's exactly what it is. Yep. I think maybe in my notice it says, oh, Matt, because he's going to be mad about this. But anyway, we're going to get yeah. it. So is this the
1: spent off, he, uranium that he pulls out of his, his he, shoulder? They He, say he that. cuts... Sh- bullet fragments out of his own chest. I don't care how badass you are uh, th- that that's almost impossible to do. And what is it? He finds out these are depleted uranium fragments which he's been walking around within his body for probably months. Wasn't that
0: what Nova's discs were made out of? I think that was. Nope. No, didn't nope. Nova have spent uranium discs in his costume when he was would throw somebody, some Marvel, some no. low end Marvel superhero had. I don't spent, think it was oh, Nova,
1: but I think you're right. And I'm saying, I, think I, re- I actually looked this up. You walk around it. There's controversy about depleted uranium ammunition just being around it being dangerous. If it's in your body, it's like, hi, welcome back, 007. You have eight kinds of cancer.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, he, he would have died. It would have killed him.
0: But this is one of those. This starts up. That, that scene, we'll, we'll ignore the I cut my own shrapnel out part. But <laughs> the scenes of Bond working out and the scenes of Bond trying to get back in shape. And it's actually interesting because at one point he's been doing, I think it was chin ups at the time. Mm-hmm. And one of the, the I think, the, I can't remember the guy's name who's hanging around him. Is just like, you know, would you like me to stay? It's like, no, no, no,
1: I'm fine. Go on off. And as soon as the guy leaves, he's like, he <gasps> collapses, basically. Yeah. We see and him so- swimming laps. And at the end, he's. He's panting. He can't catch his breath. He's yeah. weakened. It's it's. Right. He's not the Superman that he is in most of the other movies.
0: Yeah, it turns out dying uh, can take something out of a guy. How about but that's that? That's one of the contrasts. Is We're actually seeing Bond's age on one hand. On the other, we're seeing that he's actually still pretty dang comp- competent. Mm-hmm. I, apparently I'm not because I can't <laughs> say the word competent. But that's like one of the first things. And seeing... And dealing with the fact that Bond's getting older as opposed to just pretending he isn't yeah. <laughs> makes the film that much more interesting to yeah. me. So, again, you know, the struggle with the contrast. We look at him, and one of my other notes was uh, Bond is definitely the sex object in this movie because while there is a lovely young lady later on, we don't really see that much of her. Mm-hmm. But we see lots of Daniel Craig wandering around shirtless, and the guy's buff. I mean, he's... You know, still the rugby player, yep. but it's you're, we're looking at this guy and knowing that he doesn't have what he used to have. We
1: also see the scar tissue and the wrinkles, yeah. and they don't try to they don't try to hide that. No. And again, they if anything, they play it up with when he meets the new Q. Yeah, in the museum, and they're sitting there, and Q looks like he's about twelve. Yep, and he even he, I love it. He said, looks at him, there's something wrong. He's you've you've still got spots meaning he still got he's got pimples yeah and you know,
0: and the thing there there's a nice contrast cuz we're looking at youth and we're looking at experience mm-hmm. and we also find out that this is going to be a contrast between Q and Silva because they're both pretty much the same intelligence but Silva's been around a lot. He's the villain. He's been around a lot longer and knows a lot more about how people react to things. And of course, this is something that Bond has shown us in the Daniel Craig version that he's really good at. He's good at reading people and understanding how people work. And the new Q can make anything, but he's one of those scientists that's coulda instead of shoulda, right?
1: So, uh, but yeah, he's but great. It, in, he's great on theory, but yep. he's what he is supposed to be. He's a lab rat. He's not. Uh, he's not a field agent, but. Because he has the arrog—he has the arrogance of youth, which, which is he doesn't understand why you need you know these guys with guns and these thugs basically. Although he does say sometimes you need a trigger pulled. Yeah. So we find out that. Uh... Uh,
0: Well, first we found out you shouldn't mess with Voldemort, because when you do, he nearly gets you fired in front of all the nice British Parliament people. But uh, then we find out the plot, which is basically, no, 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 this is personal. This is not MI6. This is not some country. This is someone, and they're going after M. And so we get Bond back on the, uh, the active duty list, or I should say, we lie. Yeah. And basically, it turns say, out M
1: falsifies the results. She's, yeah. you know, she, over, she says that he passed all his tests, but it turns out he failed
0: every single one of them. Right. And I think the reason is, is that while there might be other agents that are as skilled, nobody else has both the experience, but also, quite honestly, probably won't take it as personally. And that's going to
1: be important. So that, that's they, the thing. They, M in, is, well, she she loves Bond. She created Bond. But she's absolutely ruthless. She wants him out because she knows he'll do the best job. He'll get yep. the job done. And that's all that matters.
0: So through the, the dubious clue of the spent uranium um, yeah. shells, they find it's one of three people. And Bond, Bond goes, oh, it's that guy. Thankfully, all of us in the audience can
1: also go, oh, yeah, it's that guy. Yep. So he follows him to Macau. Yep where he's oh, Shanghai, the, Shanghai, oh, Shanghai, excuse me, they end up in Macau yep. later. Yep. But Shanghai. So
0: tell me that Shanghai doesn't look like whoever designed Shanghai saw and loved Blade Runner and said, "Let's do that but mm-hmm. make it bigger." <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's kind of like life imitating art. There's just like everything at night is lit by neon. It's actually really gorgeous. There's this bizarre skyscraper where there's entire floors that are made in just out of nothing but glass. And uh, yeah. we get to see Bond going up this immensely tall elevator shaft, which is, if you're afraid
1: of heights like I am, is enough to make your palms start swaying. Yeah, he's holding on to the bottom of the elevator. And here again, he's not being Superman. He gets tired. He, he yep. loses, starts losing his
0: grip. Well, and it's his right arm again, the one that's, yeah. that was wounded. So he, he does make it. And I, I breathe just sigh of relief because, you know, hey, it's a Bond movie. I'm sure he'll be fine. But it's like, oh, that's really far. And mm-hmm. it doesn't look like a process shot. Like, I'm sure there was actually, like, harnesses and stuff. Oh, yeah. Him on, but yeah I'm sure like, it was a stuntman. But it's like, why did you design this, like, 90-story elevator <laughs> shaft that's open to nothing? I mean, mm-hmm. ah. So he gets up there, and he's, he's watching uh, the um, sniper, this Patrice guy shooting somebody else the thing i found most interesting is that he's got it on this guy he's managed to sneak up behind him and he's watching him aim for his target whoever it is and he doesn't stop him he's yeah like, he lets no.
1: him kill this person yeah. he doesn't no, care so it's, it's like yeah. eh, oh well that's gonna ha- i don't know who this guy is i just i want to ca- i got to catch him and he wants him alive because he's got to question him that doesn't go so well no and then mm. he uh he
0: fights the guy, and then, you know, he, he's holding on to him, and it's over the elevator shaft, because, hey, here's this great thing I can use as a torture device. And he's like, tell me who you work for, tell me who you work for, and the guy does not say anything, and then slips out of his grasp, and he, he falls and dies. But, yep. Bond gets to see somebody across the way that was in the room with the guy who was shot. And as it turns out, mm-hmm. she's actually kind of in on it. And this is when we go to Macau.
1: Yeah, that's right, sort of a casino, yeah, goes to a casino. Yeah. He cashes in the chip, yeah, and that's where he and, meets Severine. Yeah, this chip was in the the case with
0: the gun that mm-hmm. Patrice was using. So this was meant to be his payoff, and he was supposed to go to this this casino, which is which is written on the chip. That's how we find out he finds out where to go, and he goes to cash it in. Which is interesting because part of me is like, well, I think they know who they gave it to, but maybe Bond just doesn't care.
1: It also them. may be that they don't care. They just want they want to pay whoever did the job, and whoever right. has which, the chip obviously did the job. Right, which that's okay, because the
0: bodyguards are basically like, here's your money that you're not going to get to keep. But, yeah. yeah,
1: And now we will have, then there's a big fight in a pit full of Komodo dragons. No, it's a big old fake Komodo dragon. I well, mean, excuse me, a bunch of CG Komodo dragons. Yeah, it's not, it's
0: not. It's, of all the effects in the film, it's the least of them. Yeah. And it's like, as soon as I saw it, it's like, that's not real.
1: <laughs> well, it's, I don't uh, know. This woman, he makes a connection with this woman, Severine. Yep. And... She basically will, uh, agrees to take him to, to the mastermind, whoever is behind right. this. And that's when they go to that bizarre island. Yeah, And, of and course, it so, turns out the whole thing has been stage managed by this guy.
0: You well, uh, yeah, probably. The other thing, though, is that we do get that Bond seducing the woman thing. And mm-hmm. I will say that it is no less sexist. But at least this time it's actually part of the plot, like he's trying to get some information out of her. And as it turns out, she fooled him anyway. Um, We don't linger on it, which is nice. You know, it's like, hey, we know he does this. And if we've been watching the Daniel Craig films, it's kind of dark because we know that there's no chance of Bond
1: having any real feelings for her. There's also the fact it's not like with Connery or Moore where it's like, hello, hi, fall into bed with me. He yeah. has a lengthy conversation. He establishes a connection with her, yep, and he offers to help her. It's not just "hello, you want me." Yes, and
0: although, quite honestly, all he has to do all he has to do is take the suit off, and I think
1: you yeah. know you skipped this. You skipped a scene I I really liked, which is when Money Penny shows up, and uh, he's shaving, and she takes the razor from him, and this is. This was another bit of trivia, by the way. That he uses the, an original, what's called a cutthroat razor, a straight razor, right? The kind that street gangs used to use as weapons. That's great unbe- for making meat pies. <laughs> unbelievably dangerous way to shave, and she takes it from him and she shaves him. Yeah, which is what I hate shaving scenes. I don't like to watch anybody shave themselves. It's just I'm waiting for them to cut themselves. I know what's going to happen. I just really, and I, hate I just liked it because there's something both erotic about it and there's something very touching he is in effect because she's the one who shot him right. and he is handing her and saying I still trust you Yeah. so I am going to let you put this blade again to my
0: throat like when he first meets up with her back in England when he comes back and they are talking it's banter and I think it's very they're, they're picking at each other and I think that's also a way of him saying look I don't blame you I and
1: couldn't you can, have made the shot either <laughs> but you can tell she's trying really hard to keep it light but she feels yep. terrible because she, she shot him! <laughs> very, very well. As that, is, that is out. really kind of a hard thing to walk away from. But, but uh, another bit of trivia, after this movie came out, sales of cutthroat razors went through the roof. Oh, man. Because, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> they don't come with money, Penny, just so you know. So, yeah. 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 Anyway, so we get to the island
1: and we achieve Javier Bardem. We meet the evil guy, Frendo. I'm sorry yeah. that Javier Bardem is always going to be Anton Chigurh from uh, No Country for Old Men. I did not see it. Uh, he's He is terrifying at that. And here, I got to say, I love his performance. It's both over the top and underplayed <laughs> at the same time. Yeah, kind of. Um, we uh, Now, to be fair,
0: this happens a lot. When you get a very straight actor trying to play someone who is not entirely straight and I'm gonna go and say that uh, we're supposed to expect that is actually bisexual because he seems just as interested in his ex girlfriend or well she's not an ex-girlfriend <laughs> yet but she's about to be yeah. uh, as he does when he goes to seduce Bond something we've never seen before in a yeah. Bond film but he is a little bit stereotypical mm-hmm. and it is played for the creep factor yeah now to uh, see, Bond and yeah. Daniel Craig's credit he doesn't go, ew and get, you know, and actually he comes back with what makes you think this, isn't, this is my first time. Now, the way he says it and the way his expression reads, my feeling is that if Bond didn't in fact have a homosexual encounter, he didn't want to or he didn't like it. But that's fine.
1: I figured it was just something he felt that if, if he thought it was necessary to get the mission done, he would have done it. If it meant and- sleeping with a man, he'd do it. I, I sort of got
0: the impression it was like something that happened in boarding school. But whatever. It, it, there's nothing said. It was literally an expression. There yeah. was he said that one line. What makes you think this is my first time? That's all he says. So we have nothing to go on. But there's the way he says it and his unblinking, unflinching expression. I just I don't know. It gives you so much to work with. And again, mm-hmm. Daniel Craig, I think is is underrated because he's getting kind of pigeonholed into Bond. So I understand that he wants to get out I understand why now again I have not seen him in other films which is my fault because I really like him in this role and I should seek him out
1: but he's a lot of fun I'll tell you this from both Logan Lucky and Knives Out he does a really good American Southern accent I have heard that from some of our Southern friends, like they were impressed.
0: And in general, when a Brit does an American accent, well, let the laughter roll out because they're just as bad at doing us as we are doing them. Yes. And uh, I will say, you know, Dr. Strange, who is from many parts of America, (laughs) Benedict Cumberbatch, love you as an actor, but your American accent is um,
1: odd. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But, um, but anyway, we got to keep on uh, keep on focus here. We do. So he <laughs> yes, we do. So he we, we meet this guy Silva. His name originally was Rodriguez, and yeah. it turns out he basically was Bond one He was, as he said, "I used to be mother's favorite," right? And he felt and he felt she betrayed him. He he right. doesn't say why. She tells us later, uh, and he is doing all of this to get back at her, although it's more complicated than that because you also think he's also trying to impress her. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely
0: that, it's like daddy issues, except it's mommy issues. Yeah, it's mommy issues. Played, well, except it's played like daddy issues, right? Because usually daddy issues has, has to do with the son wanting the father
1: to be mm-hmm. proud of him, and in this case, it's M. Well, but it's the more powerful parent figure, and in this case, M is more powerful, <laughs> and pretty much who the hell is going to outpower her?
0: I was very sorry that she sort of just let slip later in the film that her husband passed away, Um, because we only see him from behind in bed with her once, and I think that's it. Mm -hmm. Um, But anyway, yeah, so Silver shows up, and he's interesting and nuts, which is a, to be fair, a fairly common combination for Bond films, Yeah, but But there's no mustache twirling, and there's no, no, you know, (laughs) there's no, um, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Liz Taylor's uh, husband... um, James Actors. Oh, Uh, Richard Burton. Richard Burton. There's no Richard Burton in
1: Exorcist 2 going evil. Right. But he's still
0: quietly insane. Yeah,
1: he's very crazy. And Bardem does a really good job of conveying that. Yeah, without basically going all over the place.
0: So then we get to see um, Bond try to shoot. Uh, fifty-year-old Scotch. Oh, it's one of your favorites. I understand. Yeah, whose wouldn't be fifty-year-old Scotch? Fifty-year-old McAllen ah. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fair. Macallan's not one of my favorite brands, but I'll take fifty-year-old any kind of whiskey. Yeah. So um, there, have to yeah, see.
1: there's basically some. It, you know what? That whole scene. It doesn't matter. It's no. all just okay. Yes, evil, 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 and suddenly he's caught. Well, except I kind of got the impression that he was, now that, you know,
0: when we find out that he was orchestrating all this, that he's trying to be like, um, I, I'm giving you an opportunity to catch me? Are yeah. you going to catch me?
1: He uh, wants to be me? caught. We figure that right. out pretty quickly. And that was what always surprised me in the movie. It's like, wow, here comes MI6. You know, blah, 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 helicopter. Dun, dun, dun. They caught the bad guy. Wait, why is there an hour left in this movie? Yeah. Well, but the characters don't know that. <laughs> and as it turns out, Oh boy, and then, then we find out that he was basically M traded him the uh, to the Chinese or the Chinese uh, caught him and she didn't get him back and they tortured him and uh-huh. he even tried there's, I thought a really disturbing scene where he's describing he bit down on his cyanide capsule and apparently it was past its expiration date. It, it didn't date. work. <laughs> but it did like melt half of the inside of his
0: face. Which would be the second least uh, believable effect of the mm. film. That, you know, whatever.
1: Which is fine. It's fine. Yeah. But he hates her for that. And also, yeah. he still wants her approval. Right. And it turns out that this whole thing has been stage managed from the beginning. He wanted to be caught. He knew He destroyed the old headquarters because he knew that they would move to this Back headquarters, quarters, which was basically based, partly uh, based on Winston Churchill's bunker during World War II. And would be far easier to escape from. And yes, and they, they get his computer and Q, and Q <laughs> thinks it's a great idea to plug it into their goddamn network.
0: Yeah, and once he starts playing with it and figures it out, he utters the phrase that Max absolutely hates in any movie having to do with computer hacking or systems or whatever. Q actually says, here it is, Max. Go ahead and say it. Say it. I'm in. To be
1: fair, he says, we're in. But yes, he says, I'm in.
0: And it's almost immediate. And it's just, and also- No,
1: I have worked with real, with genuine computer hackers and counter-hackers. No one ever says (laughs) that, ever. Ever.
0: But we also get, this is the one of the things in Bond, and as Max pointed out, there's always stuff in Bond films that you have to kind yes. of disbelieve, and we get this this monitor showing us this constantly mutating version of the cryptography involved with this, and it's like, okay, that's, we have a pretty picture, uh, look, red things, and mm. I just, I, yeah, I don't buy it, I don't no. buy it. I think basically what you would get is what do they call that an entry line or whatever or like up Yeah, prompt. you get a
1: command line and maybe a lot of ANSI code whizzing by. Yeah, Saying it would no. all be command line stuff. It's not nobody does a graphical interface or or animation for their for their hacking what? Yeah. Ugh. That's not how you look at things like no. yeah, anyway.
0: So it's not how it's anyway. And he escapes. And it turns out, yep, sure enough, plugging in the computer to their at MI6's system. Basically, uh, Silva's like, I know they have somebody that's really smart working for them. Uh, probably as smart as I am in computers. I know he's also not going to be able to look away from a challenge. He's going to plug this thing in and try to get into it. And when he does, my computer program that's set to basically turn all the security <laughs> off will take hold. And they'll be too slow in getting up to get... I'll be out. I'll be out. And there's so yet another
1: out. really good chase scene where... Uh, Bond is chasing him to the underground, and you, he has yep. all these compatriots set up to help him. And he disguises himself as a cop. And it turns out, you know, M is uh, appearing at Westminster before a uh, judiciary hearing or some yes. kind of uh, oversight committee, right? And she's getting reamed out on the carpet. And right. give him credit, Ray Fine stands up for her at one point, or at least tries to, you know, stop uh, Nancy Gra- Nancy Grace there from slapping her around on the stand.
0: I love his verbal little slap when he goes, how about for the sake of variety, we hear from the witness for a change. Yes, we actually let her
1: answer a question. <laughs> yep. And it's very so English.
0: polite, but it's just like, shut up.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah, so there's this whole thing. We see this great chase scene. We see this scene where uh, a subway train falls through the ceiling in this yeah. underground and I'm going to say that is the best special effect in the movie because it looked pretty dang real to me, and I know there is no way that was a real train.
1: I'm sure it was but, a model or something, but, yeah, it's completely believable. And, and Bond, Bond is racing no longer, not just to try to catch Silva, but he knows he's the, he's figured out he's going after M, and he wants right. to save her. Right. And he does, and he bursts in, and there's a, again, great fight sequence. Also manages to show the parliament or the, the ministers whoever
0: they are that uh, hey you know that MI6 thing you're trying to thinking about getting rid of uh, you guys aren't as safe as you think you are, are yeah. you because here they are I have to say because of that one scene uh, British politics is a lot more exciting than ours <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever tuned into span for that moment where all the
1: gunplay is going on No and, no well, I yeah, just like watching pretty I like watching British Parliament just hearing the guy yelling Order Order <laughs> I'm a cowboy. Pew, pew, pew. I, I, I want to be that guy. I want to yell, oh um, Hey, if there was there was a
0: chance of that on C-SPAN, I might actually watch
1: it. <laughs> so, so, yeah, he, so, he grabs uh, him, he runs off, and he yep. decides, quite rightly, if they're anywhere on the grid, Silva will be able to find them. Right. So, so he, he said, goes
0: to the one thing that will not be on
1: the grid at all. The DB5. The Aston Martin. I love that. He opened, He takes M's off to this garage he he says yeah we're going to need a different car and it's the Austin DB there it is the DB5 (laughs) and she looks at it and goes oh yes that's much less conspicuous
0: (laughs) well she also later on she's like in the car and it's like this is really uncomfortable which you know quite
1: honestly 60's British sports cars probably weren't built for comfort and it turns out it is the DB it's the DB5 from Goldfinger in effect because it has machine guns and at one point he actually you know teasingly flips up The gear shift, and there's the red button for the ejector seat. And she just looks at him and goes, Oh, go on then, eject me, see if I care. (laughs) That's one of my favorite moments in the movie.
0: But he's also smart in that he says, Look, we can't just hide. I could do that but we can't just hide we need him to be able to follow us but Q hey use your smarts leave a trail that only he could follow yeah so which is great Mm -hmm. and so they do they go off to what turns out to be Bond's home his original house in Scotland Chateau Bond which is gorgeous yeah which is called Skyfall which is now we understand why the movie's called Skyfall and they hole up and Bond finds out, unfortunately, oh, yeah, sorry, the um, the house has been uh, sold.
1: Uh. Yeah, it which turns, turns out not to be a problem in the end. <laughs> no, but, uh, not really. And the caretaker, who obviously was with him since a boy, that's Albert Finney. Oh, is that who that was? Albert okay. friggin' Finney. Hollywood and stage royalty Albert Finney. Yeah. I and that's he that's comes... awesome. You, another what? bit of trivia? There was talk at the when the movie was being filmed, they wanted to get Sean Connery to play uh, that part. They wanted to bring him s- out of
0: retirement. Oh, I'm so glad they didn't. I am that too. The director said the, the
1: direct he said, look, that was just a thought because we know it would happen. It would take you out of the movie completely. Because suddenly yep. they're wait, Bond and Bond. Oh, that's weird. Wouldn't Bond and work. beyond. Yeah. Mm. Would not have worked. No, and so but here's again, we get
0: contrast because now we get Bond faces some of his past. This is where he grew up, and this is where he found out his parents died, and this is one of the people who more or less helped raise him until he was shuffled off to boarding school at cetera. This yeah. is this is the gameskeeper of the place, and he even you know recognizes him, and Bond recognizes, him, and they're cordial. But it's really interesting because you're thinking, oh wow, Bond Bond's gonna have to face all these old ghosts and stuff, and Bond's basically
1: like, yeah, I'm done with this, you know. I, and even later- his line when he leaves the house. Just looks around, and shakes his head, goes, "I always hated this place." <laughs> yeah, and it's like you're worried that
0: this is going to be showing like some sort of Bond weakness, but it's actually showing growth. It's like, yeah, I'm past this now, and I'm going to use this to my advantage. That's who Bond is now. Yeah, he's sentimental a little bit. He's sentimental for for M, and he's sentimental for Kincaid. But it's not what everyone thinks it's going to be, and it's a nice contrast. And also, I'm getting a little head, but when the house blows up you get the impression like Bond is totally cut his past off. It mm-hmm. does not matter to him anymore, physically or emotionally. Um, and so what happens is they get to this house, and they basically have to make do with what they've got to booby trap it because, sure enough, uh, Silva's going to show up. Uh, basically, he shows up out of Apocalypse Now with his helicopter playing uh, Ride of the Valkyries or whatever. Well, it wanted.
1: wasn't Ride of the Valkyries. It was actually no. an old jazz number, but yeah. Right yeah and and with an army of thugs and they kill all of them (laughs) yes and including they take down
0: the db5 which is another kind of visual way of saying yeah that bond doesn't exist anymore either
1: Uh, you know i like the thing i liked is that's when he looks upset yeah they blow up the car i swear (laughs) all i could think is again hello my name is james bond you killed my car prepare to die But unfortunately, mm. M
0: gets a stray shot in the side and is yeah. not doing well. And she and, and Kincaid go down the priest hole and manage to get away. But quite reasonably, there's this giant fire after Bond <laughs> blows up his own family home. And looking around, uh, somehow Silva's like, I know this. it couldn't have been this easy. And way off in the distance, because she's got a light-colored blanket around her he sees the reflection of the fire off the blanket and he knows to go after her that way well of course Bond does too and we eventually get to the point where
1: it looks like oh no Silva's going to win but in he the chapel yes he finds yeah. them in the Bond yep. family chapel and there, it's not so much the win I thought that was actually a very both disturbing and touching moment where he's got him he knows he's, yep. he's got it and he puts, his, he puts the gun in her hand he puts his head on her shoulder and he sets up, pull, moves the gun so if she pulls the trigger, it'll kill both of them. Right. And she's just saying, end it. End it for both of us. Right. And then he gets a knife in the back from Bond. Right. Yeah, you know, because that's a knife.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's a great
0: moment. In a very touching scene. And at the end, to be fair, before we even get to that, when we get... Um, to the chapel. But at this point M knows it's like, I'm losing a lot of blood. We don't have time to take care of it. Um, and who gets to the chapel first, not bond, but of course it's Silva. And we actually see M's facade finally break. And for a moment, those last moments, she's just a scared old woman mm-hmm. and she's alone too. Cause we know that her husband's died. And quite honestly, emotionally, the only person she might have is bond. Yeah. And it's really touching. And of course she does pass away. And of course, what does this also say? Emotionally, probably the only person Bond has is M. Mm. And it's a very, it's not drawn out. It's not, oh, oh, my vision, it's getting darker. No, mumsy, she just said, I
1: can see mumsy. <laughs> no, she just starts to, and she says that great last line. She looks up at him and says, I did get one thing right. Right, which is calling him a paradigm of Britain or whatever she called him. in the." <laughs> no, she Him. She means yeah. him. She create, oh. She built him. She created him. I thought she was talking about the, the um, obituary, but that's fine. No, I think she's talking about him, the person yeah. he's become. She got that right. There, There is very
0: much a parental feeling There's, to oh them yeah. towards the end. And I mean, yeah, Silva keeps very calling sad. her mommy. Yeah, well, I mean, but between her and Bond, like yeah. you know, oh, very there might have so. been the same thing between her and you know. The thing is, is if she'd lived through this, you know, that in the next mission, if the situation arose, she'd tell Moneypenny to take the shot all over again. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, but the saddest part about this isn't just that it's a sad scene and somebody dying. It's that we have had somebody take a character that was throwaway, really, because M was there for comedic value, if nothing else. And really turn it into somebody we give a crap about. He wasn't there for Throwaway.
1: M was a piece of exposition. That's all he was. He was a, But that's He was a line in the away. script. He, as you say, he was meaningless.
0: Yeah. I mean, and But this M, even through the um, the Pierce Brosnan movies, was something more... She wasn't going as much as she was in the Daniel Craig's. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's Judy Jench too. So, you know, you, you've got that. But I was sorry to see her go because she was, was so interesting. But... We get Ray Fines. And Ray Fines' M is not Judy Dench's M, but it's potentially just as interesting. And when we leave the film with him as M, it's like he's sort of like, Okay, I kind of get it. You know, I guess we do need you. I don't fully approve, but maybe we can work together. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, maybe this will be okay. Yeah. I.e., we'll still have something interesting to look at. Of course I don't know because I haven't seen Spectre. <laughs> <laughs> and then we find out, oh, Eve is actually money penny. And she's decided to take a desk job because it's being in the field is not for her. Which is fine. Yeah. Um, but, you know, all through this film, we have seen Bond struggle with things. And we... You know, that house blowing up is a total symbol, I think, of him being totally okay with his past, his parents dying, the whole thing, he's over it. Um, we're looking at old Bond versus young Bond and how those things work together. Old Bond versus young characters. We're looking at the older characters bond in
1: M versus younger people and so on and so forth. We're also looking at we... a different type of spy. We're looking at, yeah. the, I mean, there. That's one of the things that uh, the hearing is arguing about. Do we still need these assassins? Do we still right. need these guys in tuxedos and custom-made guns and so forth? When we have, you know, drones and we have, comp- we have uh, remote surveillance and all that
0: stuff. I gotta say though, if they're worried about cost, they are up four million
1: pounds for that money
0: that Bond walked away with in Macau. Yeah, but how much fair, property damage
1: was done during that entire chase sequence? Yeah, yeah, that might buy that. the new one new train.
0: Uh, you gotta prove that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Texas. Hey, you know, the other thing that uh, we're running out of is time, so we mm. should uh, head to our wrap up here. Yeah. The roundup.
1: Well, so Max, yeah, do you do you like? This movie. I like this movie a lot. I gotta say, a lot of the time when I watch these Bond movies, I'll watch like the first half and then I'll come back the next day and watch the second half. I got so pulled into this I couldn't stop watching. I did the same
0: thing. So I last night I was I usually watched it the night before. And I started it late because I was actually drawing and I was more interested in drawing at the time. And I've seen Skyfall, although interestingly I remembered liking it but didn't remember a lot of the details. Mm -hmm. I just remember really liking the movie. And I got about an hour or so into it, an hour and twenty minutes into it, and I needed to do other things. But I was like, you know, I, I I'm gonna lose, I'm gonna lose the feel. So I put it on in the background, but kept putting it on pause when I had to pay attention to other things, and kept watching it and making my notes and stuff. And uh, I know you haven't asked me yet, but I actually think this is my favorite Bond movie. Wow! Like I, for Marshall, I think it's in my top three. It is. From Russia with Love is my favorite old-style Bond. Mm. But overall, I think for the story, for the characters, for the performances, still being exciting while doing some intr- some introspection and some investigation of the people who make up this blowy-up franchise, I think this is actually my favorite Bond film. Huh, interesting. So, However, know. next week...
1: Uh. <laughs> Is not my favorite Bond film. No. But that we, have sa- we have saved the worst for last. And what would that be, Mike? Thank you, Max. Thank you so very much. Hey, I have to watch it, too. <laughs> yeah,
0: but... So next week, Ugh. it is the final in the long run of Roger Moore. Mm. It is the ever-wonderful... Ugh. The one James Bond film that Max and I both saw in Britain... Yep. And hey, if you didn't know this, if a movie's bad and you're watching it in a British theater, they don't take kindly to you giggling.
1: <laughs> no, they, they really don't. Boy, you no. are not supposed
0: to laugh at Roger Moore. No, uh, this would be the infamous view to a kill. <sighs> the lesser of Roger Moore Bond films. And yeah. one might even argue the worst Bond film ever made think, yeah. of the eon of the eon films because yeah. remember because the first Casino Royale which
1: yeah well yeah but that's hard to compare because that's that's not a that's a comedy it's it, a spoof it's a sp- sort. yeah it's pretty much a, anyway yeah. yeah view to a kill so- te- well tune in and see and uh, pack the painkiller <laughs> we're discussing
0: that film and the blimp <laughs> oh, if you don't good. know what we're talking about you should watch yeah. because we're going to so why should we suffer uh, yep. <laughs> alone we, su- we anyway. suffer
1: for our art so should you <laughs>
0: so to finish up today's episode I will merely say Max look out a blimp ah! Max Mike Movies is a co-production of The Voice of Max and The Movie Wrench.